Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Oh, my bitch is nasty like a cold dinner. Know what I'm saying? Sorry, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to be Lil Wayne. I'm not Lil Wayne. I'm a loser. I dislike him a lot. That's a f- pretty fucking great lyric. All my bad word, nasty like a cold dinner. I feel like rappers can get away with saying that term more than than just you know. Hey, I'm Danny. I'm a white dude wearing an orange shirt in his studio apartment. I'm 47 years old. Can I use a derogatory term? Oh, what's that? I can't. Okay, cool. I'll cancel the podcast permanently. What's up, you fucking Johns? I feel like that volume was a little bit too loud, so I've turned it down a bit. I'm always worried if this, if it's a little bit too blasty when the pod first starts, like, then people are just gonna not gonna listen. I'm like, oh well, dude, I'll fucking fix the volume, dude. Just give me a second. I'm not a fucking, I'm not the Rolling Stones sound technician. Why would you bring up the Rolling Stones sound technician? Because, honey, I was trying to think of a sound technician that would really have their shit together. And the Rolling Stones came to mind? Yes. Why not Little Wayne? You just talked about... I don't know, dude. I don't fucking know. Dude, I saw a fucking uh, Gucci Mane at the Fox Theater over Christmas one year. That was sick. That was very sick. I was feeling cool. I was looking around being like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm fucking cool. I think a lot of the um, Atlanta, like Dirty South rappers perform in Atlanta over Christmas. So you can get, have a chance to see more of them together because they all want to be home for Christmas. So that's sick, dude. Keep that in mind when you're traveling. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're all going to Atlanta this Christmas. Honey, why are you so consistently rude? One of my uh, fans, <laughs> listeners, said that it's strange that my girlfriend is both horny and annoyed <laughs> at the same time. I don't see why those two can't go hand in hand. God damn it, I'm pissed. I really need to come. <laughs> All right. I have a corporate day job. Let's not think about that right now, guys. You fucking jerks. Yeah, dude, this podcast got a uh, pretty high number of listeners last week. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. There's a chance that if this bad boy coming out on Wednesday, July uh, fucking uh, 26th does well, that uh, I will get... This will be the biggest month in the four-year history, nearing four-year history of the Danny Palmer Show. That's pretty sick. Started in 2019 with just a hope and a dream that me and uh, Zach McGovern can get along and talk about space. Nope. Couldn't do that. That only lasted about a year and a half. And I shifted it over to the old Danny Palmer Show. I was a little worried during that major transition that the pod would just fall apart, but it didn't. Sorry, Zach. Things are going just fine. And by just fine, I mean I get... Almost next to no revenue. <laughs> I don't get any revenue off this. Who knows? Over time, dude. There were some dudes like, you got to do a podcast for seven years. Not Jordan Peterson. Jordan something. This other dude who knows about pot. <sighs> do you ever just start an idea and you're like, dude, I'm not going to finish this idea. This idea sucks. Uh, all right. I was going to make fun of my comic buddy. I If you haven't listened to the pod before, I have like notes that I've of things I've found are interesting or fun or funny during the past week and it's been two weeks since i did a solo pod because last week tom mccaffrey was on so i have two weeks worth of material built up um (laughs) i was gonna make fun of my friend malia simon well first of all if you don't know malia she's a really funny comedian she's very young she's like 24 or something like that i love her she's one of my good friends i think she's my good friend and she lets me just in, like if I'm hosting a show and she's performing on it like she performed on black hat last week and then she was also on a new york comedy club show the next day and she said I could bring her up however I wanted. So I said, your next comedian went to Columbia and is now squandering her education, performing on unpaid five o'clock shows. 
It's not very nice, you know? There's this like unwritten uh, etiquette rule in stand-up that if you're hosting, you can't say anything negative about the comedian. And I never... like If some, if a comedian goes on and they bomb, I never like say, oh, keep it going for that loser that just fucking bombed. I never do that. But if I'm like friends with them and I've been friends with them for a long time and it's not like, like you know, like industries watching or something, you're goddamn right. I'm going to make fun of you, dude. Why not? It's fun. It's fun to make fun of people as long as it comes from a good place. Um, my day job, somebody made a mistake and they had this spreadsheet that they sent it out to too many people and and another person in the company replied all to basically everybody in the company saying, hey, you know, uh, it happens to the best of us. And here, here's three links to articles um, with a myriad of examples of people making mistakes at companies on like global email distribution lists. And some of them are really funny, dude. One guy said that he, uh, I think he was an intern. He brought down Spotify globally. <laughs> and he said he almost did it twice. <laughs> dude, bringing down Spotify globally is pretty fucking hilarious. You just hit some button and all of a sudden people are like, hey, dude, what did you just do? And like literally millions of people around the world in many countries can't listen to music, which sucks. Like, oh, this fucking just that moment of realization that you just brought down. How do you bring down Spotify globally? Like, how does that happen? I don't know. Well, I made a mistake. Okay. So that's fun. Those those things are really fun to to read, you know. Articles about people making massive failures. Like if you listen to a good podcast episode or interview and they talk about somebody's past. Or even on like a late night talk show, like the Tonight Show, they never ask, you know, like George Clooney, like, "Oh, tell us about the latest big house you bought in Monaco." That's not, what they want to know is, "Hey, remember when you were young and you were a failure? Remember when you fucked up real bad and you weren't successful?" Like those are the most interesting stories. Those are the fun things to read about, which is kind of a interesting corollary to success, and that the success isn't interesting. It's less interesting. It can be interesting. God damn it! I don't know what I'm saying, dude. Just find a different podcast. I can't. Don't tell listeners to leave your podcast, hon. They're all you've got. Fair. I really wish your voice wasn't so uh, grainy, like scratchy, sweetie, because it's hard. Why is it hard? It's not your voice. All right, fair. Do you want me to take my bra off? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next thing I have to talk about, I started watching that um, quarterback documentary on Netflix and... Uh, it's really good, you know. It's like it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like a poor man's uh, cheap knocks, <laughs> hard knocks, like the HBO show. That's like documentary, but the the voiceover guy in the HBO show is great. He's better. He's just like, well, the Kansas City Chiefs knew. I can't do it. <laughs> what am I even doing? Anyways, it is good. I'm only like two episodes in or some shit like that. Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins. And then there's a third quarterback that they follow. Does it fucking matter, dude? It's some dude that plays football, you know? Anyways, this I mean, this might sound mean. I'm trying to like tell this story in a respectful way because I have friends that are very religious. I have family members that are very religious. And so it's just the way that this... So Kirk Cousins is the quarterback for the fucking uh, Vikings, I want to say. And his wife, I guess she's Southern. I think she's Southern. She was watching a game that he was in and it was like there was a minute left and it was really close and she was just talking to the documentary crew about that experience and how stressful it was. And she was like, when it got down to be like a minute left in the game, I just knew I had to put my worship music on. She put headphones in and listened to worship music (laughs) with a minute left. 
in an NFL game? What? <laughs> I mean, I guess some people come blow off steam or calm themselves via worship music, but it just the matter of fact manner in which she said that as though that's something that like everybody does. Dude, nobody's putting on worship music with a minute left to go in a football game. That's insane. I had to I just knew I had to put my worship music on. Oh yeah. Then you shouldn't make fun of people's religious beliefs. I'm not making fun of religious beliefs. I'm not talking about the content of the songs. I just think saying that in a matter of fact way is kind of insane. <laughs> All right. Probably going to get canceled for that one. Good boy. I'm not violating any fucking policies, dude. Are there policies you have to adhere to on Apple Podcasts and Spotify? Very likely. Yeah. Well, one uh, policy you have to adhere to as a Spotify intern is to not bring this, the whole thing down globally. And they seem to be okay. So maybe I can get away with it too, okay? You see how I how I masterfully weaved two separate topics together? That wasn't masterful. It was just stupid. All right, fair. Fucking fair, dude. She's like, now that you're a member of the lawn club, you can play. Oh, yeah. Um, I was watching uh, Wimbledon and uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the Spanish phenom kid. He's like fucking 19. He beat... Djokovic in the final and then he was getting interviewed by this nice lady after and she was just kind of like asking him some fairly unusual questions I thought for the gravity of the situation and the intensity of the moment of having just won the world's most important and longest tennis tournament did you know that Wimbledon is the longest running tennis tournament in the world okay there's that the all lawn croquet racket club or some shit dude <laughs> anyway she was like interviewing him she's like well now that you've won you can now that you're a member of the uh, lawn club, you can play croquet with Roger Federer. And he was like, "All right, <laughs> what? I just won Wimbledon, dude, and now you're talking about me playing croquet with Federer? What are, what are we doing here, dude?" He like gave her a, like a you know a respectful, brief chuckle, but just a little bit, little bit, little odd. <laughs> if I were her boss, I'd be like, "What are you doing with the questions, dude?" croquet with Federer like talk about the game well I just thought it'd be a fun thing to do maybe I should make the Wimbledon interview lady my girlfriend Danny how dare you make fun of my line of questioning I was just having a spot of fun a spot of tea is it where did you guys know by the way I haven't hit pause in this fucking recording one time except at the very beginning because I thought I was too loud. But since then, it's been uninterrupted joy. Just audio joy is how I would imagine everybody listening would describe this. And is very unlikely the case. Um, she's like, now you're... Oh, yeah, I said that. All right, sorry. Harry Styles, uh, he recently revealed that the song Watermelon Sugar High is about eating, you know, pussy. So it's like... I mean, if you watch the video, I don't understand why that had to take so long to be revealed. It's very obvious. <laughs> the video is just him with a bunch of girl women on a beach. There's like 30 women in bikinis, and they're all eating watermelon. And it's like shots of their body. Like, I think it's it's not a, a far leap to to jump to figure out what that is about, dude. Watermelon sugar high. Watermelon. I like to get high on the weekends and then listen to music on my Bose over ear headphones late at night. I should really try to get a girlfriend, but it's fun to listen to videos. Watch videos, I mean. Julio Gallarotti, uh, the host of Oops! The Podcast, my good friend. I've been opening for him a lot lately. 
his girlfriend Hillary, he talks about this in his podcast. Like he likes to he likes to do what I like to do. Like we like to stay up real late, be a little boozed up, maybe a little stoned, and put on some like music videos. It's fucking sick, dude. It's fun. And then his girlfriend comes out and she's like, What are you doing? And he's like, I'm having fun. <laughs> That's what I say to my anonymous girlfriend. Yeah, I know you're having fun. But you live in a studio, so it's annoying. All right, fair. Okay. Oh, by the way, I was down in Austin. I don't even tell y'all about my Austin trip opening for Julia with the Vulcan. It was so cool. We did two shows like a week ago Friday. One was at 7.30 p.m. And then one was at 10 o'clock p.m. And it was fucking awesome. Julia killed it for an hour, as always. The crowds were fucking great. There were like so many people in there. It was fucking so fun, dude. It was also like 105 degrees all weekend. Anyways, I was uh, on Saturday. I went to my friend's house at like Lake Austin. Had a really nice time. Our other friend like rode me, rode me back, <laughs> drove me back on his boat, like down the lake, closer to where my hotel was. I got, I basically like cut down on my taxi commute cost by riding on the fucking lake, which is sick. And then I was like becoming friends with my friend's friend. <laughs> just, when guys become friends with each other, it's like, all right, dude, are we friends now? We're dude friends. It's fine. You know, there's just something. It's like, it's nice. There's nothing. I mean, just like, completely in my head. I'm like. Uh, you can't become friends with the guy. That's gay. It's like, what? It's not gay to become friends with the guy, dude. It's great. Danny, you fucking maniac. You know? Also, even like, even if what... Uh, <laughs> Be careful what you say. You work for an e-commerce company. You're right, honey. <laughs> so, on Sunday when I was in Austin, I had like several hours to kill before my flight. And I went to this restaurant. It was really good. Called the Tamale House. Right next door to the Tamale House is this bar called Yellow Jacket, which is also cool. Kind of like a... like. I don't know, biker kind of little grungy kind of bar, but it's very well air conditioned. Thank God. Anyways, I sat there at the Tamale House bar and talked to this lady, Carmen. I, I think she's like runs it or she's manages it or something. Her her mom was there. She introduced me to her mom. But I talked to her for like an hour and a half, two hours. It's great. And um, I think she's in the entertainment industry. And she said that um, she was on set once and what there was this like young lady probably like i don't know like 21 or 22 and she was saying obviously when you're on a movie set it's very long days like it, it can go from like 7 a.m to like after midnight and then the next day you have to repeat the same thing everybody has to go through it just like it is what it is and she said this younger lady went up to the director and was like or i don't know whoever was running the production that day and was like hey my therapist said that i need to take a break at four o'clock and um, it's important for me to do that, that I need to set boundaries. And they were like, well, tell your therapist that you're fired. <laughs> so good luck with that, dude. Uh, my therapist says uh, I don't have to comply with the uh, wishes and standards of the entertainment industry. Uh, what's that? I can just pack my pack my things. But I need it's four o'clock. I need a break. I would want a break too at four o'clock, but I wouldn't say that. Fuck that, dude. Just fucking. Grin and bear it. You're on a movie set. It's pretty fucking nice, dude. I like movie sets. I ain't never been on one before. Red bottom, red bottom in the book. Not sure why I'm talking a southern accent, but here we are. Okay. Okay. Oh, I guess I should have strung this story together with the earlier story about Wimbledon. And uh, though this was Djokovic getting interviewed, not Alcaraz. But he was saying that when he uh, is under the brightest lights and the biggest stage and the most the biggest tournament and the highest pressure that that pressure awakens within him the most beautiful emotions. I was like, wow, I never thought of pressure awakening beautiful emotions. 
I mean, I, I would think that, I mean, obviously, like, it's heightened emotions. But to describe those heightened emotions and that pressure as beautiful, it really kind of reframed what pressure is or what pressure can be. It's actually kind of a beautiful thing, right? Like, if you have, I don't know, if you're pitching a game seven of the World Series and extra innings, and you get a strikeout to win the World Series. Those mo- emotions are super heightened, but they're also beautiful because you won. But then if you're the guy that struck out, that sucks. All right. Well, I guess I talked on both sides of that story. Well, you're a real genius. You really are able to make a point, then make the opposite point, then walk away from the idea. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's all of life, basically, dude. You know? I don't fucking know. Did you know that there are two categories of ultraviolet light? There is A and B. Ultraviolet B wavelengths are shorter and primarily affect the top layer of the skin. I believe that's called the epidermis. What the fuck do I know? UVA rays are longer, and they can penetrate deeper. They can also travel through glass, so don't assume a window keeps you safe from sun damage. Dude. I mean, I kind of knew that, but I didn't know that A A rays were longer and that they could go through glass. I mean, I kind of realize it, you know? You're, like, inside, and the sun's really bright in the house. It's not like... I mean, obviously, the sun rays are hitting you, but then nobody's, like, lathering up with sunscreen to stay inside, dude. I guess you're supposed to. I don't know. And then on the science tip, oh, I guess this is the science section of the pod. Oh, dude, what if I came up with sections to the pod? I was like, welcome to the science section. It's just me telling jokes about jizz. <laughs> That's science, dude. Um, okay, this is not a sexual content, sexual topic. Researchers at the University College of London showed in a study published last month, which would be June, the regular napping may help protect the brain's health as it ages. The team of researchers estimated that the overall, sorry, the average difference in brain volume between people programmed to be habitual nappers and those who were not was equivalent to 2.6 to 5, sorry, 2.6 to 6.5 years of aging. The average difference in brain volume between people programmed to be nappers and those who weren't 2.6 to 6.5 years of aging. Dude, that's crazy. You can make your brain six years younger than it otherwise would be with regular napping. I am all about that shit, dude. I usually knock off work at like 625, and then I sleep for like either 16 or 21 minutes. It's fucking sick, dude. Some people might say that that's too late in the day, but I don't know. I get My fucking brain gets tired at 6 p.m., and it's not really that tired at 3. So anyways, that's kind of sick, dude. I love that shit. I fucking love that shit. Oh, we're really burning through. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're coming up on 20 minutes. Maybe I'll save some of this for next week. I do have a lot of content this week, you fucking James. I was reading this article about uh, comedian Matt Reif. My friend John Campanelli has been opening for him lately. The New York Times did an article about Matt Reif and all these shows he's selling out. And he's young, but he still has been doing comedy for like 12 years. And um, he recently spent time with Dave Chappelle. I think he did the shows that Dave does at the Yellow in Yellow Springs, Ohio. And the interviewer um, asked him, what did Mr. Chappelle tell you? And he said he emphasized the importance of staying true to yourself and to not adhere to industry or network standards, Mr. Reif said. Even today, fighting cancel culture with every show he does, I just admire him for that so much. I kind of love that. He emphasizes emphasize the importance of staying true to yourself and to not adhere to industry or network standards. I mean, you could apply that second half of that uh, sentence or phrase to like any field of life, right? Staying true to yourself and not being like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like in the corporate world, there's this tendency to just like adhere, comply. Everything's positive. Happy birthday. Happy Monday. Happy Friday. How was your weekend? The weather is getting hotter. The weather is getting cold. It's like, dude, seriously? 
can we like talk some shit here? Can we go a little bit deeper? Can we not live Stepford Wives existences between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. every day? Maybe you get up earlier than me. I don't know. You know, it's like, come on, dude. And I understand the other side of that. Like, well, if you take the conversation into more in-depth or, uh, you know, like a broader range of thoughts or ideas or intellectual territory, then you're going to start to go, go down like, you know, religion and politics and, and I don't know, race relations and things that are going to be, you know, potentially fraught topics when you're at work and supposed to be focused on work objectives. And I get that. But we can, can we just go a little, a couple steps past Happy Monday and the weekends are too short, dude? I think it's fucking time. I think we should be swearing too. It's okay to swear. Don't yell at people, but it's okay to swear. You know? I don't know, man. I just think the corporate world needs a little bit of shit talking. <laughs> it's just too boring otherwise. All right. I know there's an oversimplification, but who cares? You're talking to an overly simplified dude. Is that something? Is that comedy? Is that a podcast? That count. That fucking counts as comedy. That counts as a comedy podcast, you fucking Jones. Thank you for listening. Wow, we made it past the 21-minute mark. That's pretty impressive, Palmer. Is it? I don't know. It's a fucking Tuesday. What else are you going to do? Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram, Danny Palmer NYC. Send me a note. No one ever does. Uh, I have a run my own show weekly, Fridays, Black Cat LES, 9 o'clock, 172 Rivington, New York. We're also on Instagram, Black Cat Comedy. And this show is on Instagram too, the Danny Palmer Show. What do you think about that? I have my own account, and then I have the Black Cat account, and then I have my podcast account, and uh, all three combined aren't really taking my career anywhere. (laughs) Anyways, thank you for listening. And yeah, I'll be at New York Comedy Club this weekend too, and other stuff, and other stuff, and other stuff. And in November at uh, in St. Petersburg, at Coastal Creative, opening for Julio Galarotti again. That's going to be sick as well. A little ways off. Let's not think about November right now, guys. Let's think about July. Hotter than 4th of July. Yeah, motherfucker. All right. Thank you for listening, you fucking jerks. Come.